Hello, it is Thursday, August 27th, 2020. I can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show. There's obviously a lot going on in the sports world right now. NBA players have boycotted playoff games. MLB players have done the same. By the time we wake up, I assume other athletes and notable celebrities will have made decisions in an effort to bring conversation to the forefront about making our country great for everybody. Now, any protest is going to be uncomfortable for sure. And I think just a couple months ago, we were a country that was very unified after watching a video damn near nine minutes long of a man named George Floyd getting killed by an officer of the law. I think everybody, no matter where you're from, saw that video, especially in the world that we're in with the quarantine and everybody being locked in their house and a worldwide pandemic happening, saw that and wanted to rally around each other to make our world and our country as good as it possibly can be for every one of our citizens. Conversations continued, then it kind of disappeared for a little bit, and I do believe that race relations were heightened through the entire George Floyd sad situation. Now... Just a couple of days ago in Wisconsin, a man named Jacob Blake was shot in the back seven times while trying to get back into his car after an altercation with police. NBA players are not happy about being in the bubble. NBA players are not happy about potentially not being able to protest and show the country where they stand. I believe these men taking a stand and the ladies of the WNBA and MLB players is another Beautiful opportunity for us to have conversations about how we can make this country better for everybody. I'm all about harmony. I'm all about understanding that although the outliers steal all the attention, I believe the large majority of humans want to be in this thing together. And I hope we will always be there for people. I hope we will be a show that will put a spotlight on the goodness that we have. I hope our show will continue to be a home for people to feel welcome no matter where the hell you are from or where the hell uh, you represent. I hope this show continues to be a unifier and lets everybody know we're in this damn thing together. And today's a great day to have a conversation with people. Today's a great day to look around. Today's a great day to reflect and say, hey, what can we do to make this country cooler for everybody. I can't thank you enough for choosing to listen. We got some good conversations. Jeff Fisher and I dive into the locker room, which I hope is something that can trickle its way out into regular life and regular society. The locker room is a diverse place. A lot of economic backgrounds, race backgrounds, religious backgrounds, all coming together for one cause, all coming together for one goal, putting everything aside and saying, hey, We're in this together. That's what a locker room is. And I think it's a beautiful time, a perfect time, for a country to do the same damn thing. We're in this together. We always will be. Let's get this thing started. Ladies and gentlemen, here on behalf of FanDuel's Fantasy Football Best Ball, draft 20 players and go ahead and forget it for the rest of the season. They'll just pick those who scored the most for your team. Ladies and gentlemen, legendary NFL coach and Super Bowl champion player, Jeff Fisher. Oh, Oh, no. Is he muted? 
Mr. Fisher, if you could unmute your mic. I believe your your mic might be muted. Uh, it might be us too, Coach, to be honest. It might be us. I'm not 100% sure. This is Zito, by the way, getting himself out of blame for the Zito <laughs> production going over the show like that. How's that? Yeah! 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 Coach! Coach, what's I'm up? I'm so excited. This is a new world for me, man. Come on, give me a break. Hey, you, not- hey, you, didn't, you didn't know this, but um, most of my players knew. I don't hear in one ear. It was a birth defect. And uh, so all all my life, I only hear in one ear. And so anytime on the sideline, in fact, you'll see footage, I'm going like this because I can only hear who's upstairs. So to get this thing working with one ear, that's quite a challenge. Hey, yeah. Co- hey, uh, coach, I'm not good at technology either. That's why I need a Zito around me to do it. I wouldn't have been able you, to. F- I'm bad. You've got more than a, a, the group there. I look when you just when I was dialing in there, man, there's eight or ten people helping you. I didn't know you needed all this help. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a team guy, coach. I'm a team okay. guy. Oh, uh, gosh. Let's talk. Well, about- hey, it's great to great to join you, Pat. I, I appreciate the opportunity. No but problem. Crazy. I- Crazy times, man. Last six months, but looks like things are settling down a little bit. Well, so, it feels what's like what's up? Nothing at all. Just hanging out, coach. I appreciate you joining us. What are you up to now? Are you out in the uh, mountains fly fishing right now? Are you just having a good old time? Uh, not now. I came. I'm back in Nashville. Actually, I've been in Montana over the last couple of months. I came in for a week, to take care of some things, take care of mama. She had a little shoulder surgery oh. yesterday, so I got some ice on her. So. That, that leg wrap at the wedding at, at late night, at those wee hours of the night by her sister took her down, and that then the rotator cut did. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but it's all good, man. I came down here to Nashville, checking on the kids, the grandkids, and I was looking forward to hooking up with you guys this morning. How many years were you the coach for the Titans? 17, I believe you were a coach for the Titans, 17 years. Yeah, yeah, I'll go back. I, you know, Houston, 94. Um, interim five games six games and then full-time 95 and then 95 96 in houston then we moved to tennessee 97 so yeah it was a long long time well you were a staple of the titans franchise there for a long time had success had some ups had some downs but then you had to run into the buzzsaw that was peyton manning in the indianapolis colts every single and i came in at the tail end of that whole thing got a chance to watch peyton work day in and day out and i i remember being told a story and we watched the film of it you decided to kick an onside kick every single kickoff in a game do you <laughs> what how did that how did yeah. that come to be? And that is the greatest decision I've ever heard a coach make. And how did it pan out? Well, so we're, you know, it's, it's Andy week. It's Monday. We're looking at the tape. Look, I get the trainer's report. Got th- two healthy corners. Can't go nickel. Got guys hurt on defense. Peyton's putting 35, 40 up every week. And we were scoring some points. This was, you know, Steve had been injured. And so Billy Bullock actually was a quarterback. We had group Bennett. We had a lot of good things going offensively, but, I'm sitting there looking at this tape going, man, I don't know if we can we could score with these guys. So I start thinking, I said, you know what? We might as well just onside every time we score. <laughs> For this reason, you know, if you kick if you score and you kick the ball off deep, it's gonna be three or four plays and Peyton's in the red zone. So why not spend all our week on one onside kick recoveries and two our red zone defense? And so I talked to the staff Monday, Tuesday. Told the team Wednesday, you know, and everybody's fired up, so we did. And then Saturday night, you know how those Saturday night meetings were? It's kind of one of those, all right, guys, anybody opposed to this whole thing right now, just stand up and speak. I want to hear you. And everybody was, no, let's do it. So 
Yeah, I think it was four or five onside kicks. The crazy part was Marvin, he comes up on the – he's got – Tony sends the hands teams out there after about the fourth one. And Marvin Harrison's standing over there on the sideline during TV timeout, and he's looking at me. He goes, are you crazy? I go, no, Tony is. Did he just send the hands team out? And he goes, yeah. I go, well, have fun blocking the R5 because I'm kicking this sucker deep. (laughs) So yeah, we did. I mean, it's about you know, it's about trying to find ways to you know to win games weekly. And you know, I you're going having some time off in the stat business and things like that. I don't think anybody's ever faked more kicks or done more gimmick type things than than I have you know over my career. But uh, speaking of the Colt rivalries, now obviously I'm not going to. I mean, you know who you replaced, and and so Hunter's there for what eight years, nine years, nine, right? I think. Yeah. Okay, when I stand up in front of the team every time we play the Colts, it's like the first thing you say is, "All right, who's the most important person on this roster?" And the guys will go, "Hunter Smith," and you're sitting there looking at, it, "Go, why?" I says, "Because we got to get him on the field." <laughs> so, so if he's on the field. He's punting. That's okay. If he's on the field as a holder, as long as it's a field goal, it's okay. So if we can get Hunter Smith on the field four to six times a game, we got a chance to beat the Colts. Everything you just said there is a reason, and it kind of uh, hammers home the fact you were known as a big-time players coach. And it's like, hey, players love playing for Jeff Fisher. You, the night before a game, saying, hey, is everybody on board with this? Yeah, speak, or if you're not, speak up. No coach is going to do that. If a coach makes a decision, most of the time it's like, hey, this is what we're doing. You're the listener, you get the hell out. And you're a former player, obviously, Super Bowl champion and a weapon in special teams for a long time. Do you feel as if the players coach mantra was an accurate one? Or did you feel as if that wasn't like a, a, a fair way to assess your style of coaching? Well, I didn't read a book in, on how to be a player's coach or anything like that. It's just like things just sometimes they should come natural to you. And, and they did over time. I mean, you talk about the Saturday night meetings. I mean, you remember those meetings and, oh, yeah. and, and, you know, the respect I have for the coaches that you played for. But talking to coaches early in my career, even even Bill Parcells, you know, we were just chatting at the combine or something. And he's like, I go, so what's up with Saturday nights? He goes, Saturday nights, I don't even really meet. And I go, what, what, why is that? He goes, well, at, what are you going to say for 16, 17 straight Saturday nights that they haven't heard? And I thought, this should become a fun night. And so, oh, man, the, over the years, the number of guests and pranks and fun stuff oh. that we had Saturday nights. It, you know, you remember how it was. I mean, oh. the last thing you want is a coach firing you up to get you ready to play at 9 o'clock Saturday night before the Sunday game when you want to sleep. So, <laughs> oh, God. How about how about Herman Boone, the, the head coach of remember the Titans? It was a really cool thing. You know, we were here in Nashville, and I went and got the, I went and got the, the movie, and I cut up all – you know, cut it down to about five minutes. And, and I walked in, and guys kind of got quiet. And I go, hey, check this out. Bang, and I put the video on. So I've condensed the – remember, the Titans into about five minutes, and the guys are like, whoa. And, and actually, it was re- what was really cool about it back then, uh, I did speak a little bit on – on the race issue because of what they were go, what he was going through. And remember he went to Gettysburg and he did all that stuff. So anyway, I got five minutes of video and the guys are kind of sitting there going like, Oh man, what's up here, coach. And Herman Boone walks in the back door oh. and I introduce him to the team. 
and the standing ovation. <laughs> and then he just talked for 15, 20 minutes about those times and about the movie and about Denzel Washington and about actually in the movie, if you remember, it's years ago, but the, the, the friction between he and his defensive coordinator, the white black thing back then. And it was like, hey, what's up with your coordinator, man? And Herman's like, Coach Boone's like, hey, man, we're best friends, you know? And it just was a really cool thing. And then Will Jimeno, the one of the two uh, uh, Port Authority officers that that was that was rescued from Tower Two. I have every time every time uh, when I go to New York after nine eleven, I'd have Will come in and talk to the team. Unfortunately, when I was with the Rams, those players, most of them didn't know what nine eleven was. But you know, those things on Saturday nights, there that's a kick, man. I mean, and that's what you should do. The work's done by there by that point, so. Anyway, I got off. We we have more time left. Yeah, <laughs> we actually we have to go to a break for radio. Will you stick with us on YouTube through yeah, the break? I'd uh, love to. Yeah. All right, radio. We'll be back on the other side. Legendary coach Jeff Fisher, Super Bowl champion player. We'll continue the conversation at youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee Show. Clear, uh, coach. Okay, so we are just on YouTube now, so you, you can do whatever the hell you want. The. Um, <laughs> What you were just talking about there with Remember the Titans and what's going on in our world right now, I, I've always said, like, if we could get some of the NFL locker room or a football locker room to kind of creep into society, it would be awesome. Because you got people from all walks of life. You're a Montanimal. I mean, I'm from Pittsburgh. You got guys from, from Dade County and everything coming together for one common goal. Yeah. That is the beauty of football, I think, that doesn't get talked about. So it, it goes back to my rookie year. You know, I grew up in Southern California. I went to USC and surfed in the morning and skied at night. And I ended up going to the Bears. And I'm, you know, I was drafted by the Bears in 81. And Neil Armstrong was the head coach. And I thought that was an astronaut. The only, <laughs> the only person I knew on the Bears was Walter Payton and then Vince Evans because he was a Trojan. And in three years, I'm duck hunting with Walter Payton. I mean, every day off. And in our back, we came, we could have been further backgrounds, you know, and people just don't understand what the game does to all, all of that. And I mean, it was cool. I mean, my experience is I was talking about uh, Steve and Eddie yesterday with somebody and, you know, my relationship with Steve, I think about him all the time. And, you know, we were best friends, same with Eddie. And I like, what this world just needs to hear about the cool stuff that's going on in the league and in the locker rooms, as opposed to, you know, the stuff that came out, I feel, you know, obviously I'm sympathetic and I I get it and I feel it and, and everything, but how do you get these stories out and, and exchanges? And, you know, I was talking to somebody a few weeks ago. Um, I was in St. Louis during Ferguson and, you know, I mean, I had a few guys go down there just and check it out out of curiosity. And we brought the Ferguson high school football team in because they, had, they couldn't practice. They had no field. It was destroyed. And we brought them to our facility to do, you know, to practice and play. And it's like, you know, we just need, it, we just need to be real about all this. That yeah. you know, people need to tell about, talk about who their best friends in life are. And, I- it's just it's pretty simple and and let's just not politicize everything you know i agree with you coach i i've said literally since the jump uh the george floyd murder and now what's going on in wisconsin with jacob blake the the conversation 
always tends to be like these people don't like these people and it's like we cannot let our worst representatives uh be the people that kind of represent an entire thing and if exactly i wish i wish so bad that a football locker room was like document. It couldn't be like the show Big Brother. I wish there was some way to document what a locker room is and somehow teach society how to operate. Like, it's just a special place. I grew up playing soccer, yeah. and then I get into yeah. the West Virginia locker room, the football locker room, yeah. and you just realize it's oh, like cool. it's so cool. It is. It, it just is. it's a different place. Speaking man. of West Virginia, not jump the subject, but two of my favorite players when when I was in St. Louis was with Tavon and Stebman Bailey oh, and Freak athletes. Oh my gosh. Did we have we had I had a funny story we we drafted them and and right next to the 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 Rams facility was the place called Verizon Amphitheater and so you know they they're kicking off their their concert season and so you got all kinds of different concerts coming on and and starting up so so I get a phone call from I'm gonna ask you if you know who this is from one of the top country artists in, in country music who is a West Virginia? Oh yeah, Brad Paisley. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're talking so about Paisley, Brad right? Calls, Brad calls. Brad calls. Yeah. Like, I knew him here in Nashville. He goes, "Hey man." He goes, "I'm opening." He goes, "I'm opening at Verizon." He goes, "Why don't you come on out?" I go, "Jeez, oh, Brad, I got like rookie minicamp." He goes, "No, well, I'll just just come on out. You know how you know the drill." So anyway, I go, "Okay." He goes, "How's Stedman?" And how's Tavon? I go. I've met Tavon. I haven't met Stedman. I, you know, our, you know, we use a later draft pick. I didn't personally interview him, but they're in tonight. He goes, Oh man, if I could just meet him, he goes, that'd be so cool. <laughs> so I go on, I go on over and I'm sitting on his bus and we're just kind of chatting. He goes, can, can you bring him over? So I call the director of security. I go, oh, Hey man, I go pull Stedman and Tavon out of their meeting and bring him over here. I'll meet you at the back gate. So they come over. I meet Stedman for the first time. And he's like this Tavon's like, you know, Tavon's Tavon. And they go, hey, guys, come on with me. You got, I want you to meet this dude. So anyway, we go on the bus, and Paisley's taking pictures. And he's so excited and honored to meet these guys. And so now all of a sudden his manager goes, hey, it's time to go. And so um, so Brad leaves and says thanks. And his dad's there. His manager's there. Brad goes up. I go, hey, guys, come on with me. I want you to check this guy out. So we go up, and we go on the side of the stage there and listen to two songs and the place is going nuts he's playing alcohol you know i guess he just goes off with that and all that and so so i, I go i look I go, oh man i didn't get you guys back to your meeting so i said let me walk you back and so i walk him out we're walking and they're just kind of looking around and i go all right be honest with me. you guys ever heard this dude and, and they go no <laughs> <laughs> so i go that's cool now you do now you got a fan now you got you know how how broad this fan base is and stuff like that but yeah it's, it's cool i wish people just i wish you could just have a a moment in time in a, a forum just to tell fun stories like that you know hey we're having yeah. it right now and i'm enjoying every yeah. single one of them from you coach you're here yeah. uh representing FanDuel for fantasy football best ball i don't know how much you do the fantasy football i've tried to do it it's a lot of work and FanDuel said hey this best ball thing you draft a team we'll take care of everything else what are your thoughts on it and what will your team look like here's the background okay um Fantasy football, while I was coaching, was a no-no. You know, you just don't. It's gambling. It's you know, and so when and I, you know, I probably saved league memos regarding that. So I really never got into it. Okay, and when I left, I mean, to be honest with you, I've been hunting and fishing and just you know, and just enjoying myself and you know, missing the sideline, obviously, trying to get back in. But 
and I got a call a month ago. I got a text on Friday, be in Chicago on Tuesday, want you to film this commercial. I go, okay, shoot, yeah. So it wasn't until I was pretty much on the plane till I know what I was doing. <laughs> I, I'm I'm about two weeks in, two or three weeks into like, whoa, whoa, this is pretty cool stuff. So I'm learning right now. So I don't have any answers for you other than this new concept that they're doing is pretty cool because it's getting a lot of attention. So it's it's draft once. You have a better understand than I do. So uh, I'm I'm still I'm still a rookie in this. I mean I'm in my rookie mini camp in in, in uh, fantasy football. So so help me with it. Well, hopefully somebody will pull you out of a meeting and take you to a fucking concert. You know what I, mean? <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah, uh, the uh, it's so. you draft one time, and I think I've always tried to get in fantasy because, like you, whenever you're playing, you I wasn't allowed to do fantasy. It was like kind of like, hey, do not be Pete Rose, yeah. do not do fantasy, yeah. do not gamble, do not do anything. Yeah. So then I retire, yeah. and the boys here love fantasy. So I've tried it and I just can't do it because it's a lot of work. Like each week you got to yeah. set your lineups. You got to do this. FanDuel taking all of that out of there is a wonderful thing. And I think right. you're going to dominate because your eye for talent, coach, your eye yeah. for talent is next level. Well, what's interesting to me, Pat, is just talking to people, these these experts, these these guys know what they're talking about. Now, I've been out for a couple of years. I follow stuff that my only way of getting information other than the calling a buddy, a head coach or a GM or something like that. Is, is 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 media and that's that's my source oh, and no. and so so but what i've come to know just in this last couple of weeks these guys know what they're talking about they the statistics available and all these things available to these guys i mean uh, you know my hat's off to them because it's a it's a 24 7 prep job just like coaches, and they know what they're talking about. So now I don't know if they could game plan and you know, play, but, <laughs> but they know they know what they're talking about. It's easy to evaluate it after and predict, but in the heat of the moment, that's where things get tough. Coach, last question here, and we can't thank you enough for spending time. I hope your shoulder surgery and rehab is going to go well here. Oh, oh, it's Julie's, not mine. I'm good. Oh, <laughs> you're good. It's yeah, somebody else's. It's, yeah, it's that's my my better half. Yeah, not mine. Well, so, listen, you're going to have yeah, to be I'm, a hero I'm, here. I'm way past uh, going down when a leg wrap at a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, last question here. Uh, I am a big fan of the show, pardon my take, and you've been on there numerous times. And they every single time a coaching opportunity opens up, they put out this incredible video about sometimes you have to go back before you can go forward. And you just yeah, mentioned yes. there about how you're missing the sidelines. Is that something you've been actively pursuing, or is it like if a situation pops up, you would take? Like, what? What are the thoughts on Jeff Fisher's future in coaching? Well, I, I um, it was a grind for a long, long time. And, uh, you know, I walked away from the Titans mutually because uh, a commitment I kept to myself. You know, if I ever woke up and the one didn't look forward to going to work, I was going to get out, and I did after the 2010 season. I took 11 off, climbed Kilimanjaro. I had a bunch of fun oh. times. Oh. Got back with the Rams. Didn't get to finish. I, I kind of – I'm, you know, I'm, I'm rejuvenated, man. I mean, I've done a lot of stuff. I've fished, hunted all over the place, and I miss the sideline, man. I miss the buses to the stadium. I miss the travel, but most importantly, I miss the players. So if I, if there's an opportunity that comes up, I'm going to look hard at it. And incidentally, I've been the last year or so, I've been paying a, a real close attention to, to college football. Well, so, you know, if that opportunity arises, I I'll look at it, but. In the meantime, I have no complaints, man. I'm enjoying it. And to be able to talk ball in old times with, with guys like you, 
pretty cool. Well, Coach, I hope to see you back on the sideline again. I think the whole world does. And I can't thank you enough for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, Super Bowl champion, player in the NFL, legendary coach, and a man hopefully we'll see potentially on the sideline soon, either college football or the NFL, Jeff Fisher. Thank you, guys. Appreciate Appreciate you, Jeff. Yeah, you too, man cool guy there awesome mm-hmm. awesome i mean he was giving a very good answer there and his uh video just got shipped right off the screen i don't know why that happens but what a legendary guy that guy he is. could tell stories for hours i, yeah, I he, assume i would just like to share these stories somewhere i'm like hey let's keep them going coach how about tavon austin and stedman getting called out of rookie minicamp meetings like hey all right come over and coach fisher's like uh stedman how's it going head coach uh we're gonna go to this guy <laughs> <laughs> The onside kick thing is a legendary story within the Indianapolis Colts organization. Like, look at this. Th- literally five onside kicks to start the game. Smart idea, by the way, though. We can either give it to him at the 20 for a touchback or somewhere back there, and he's just going to two plays down there, or we can try to get this thing back and go for it. Let's go for it. Also shows how good that Colts offense was. That teams had to think of things to do like that. Tom Brady, or New England Patriots, fourth and one. Yeah. That's a massive thing. Bill Belichick came out and said, we weren't going to be able to stop Peyton at the time. Yeah. We're going to have to get this first down. Melvin Bullitt gets a big-time tackle. Reggie scores. We win. Celebrate. No big deal. We're back on the other side, radio. This is the Pat McAfee Show, Wednesday, August 26th. I think I got it in there. Oh, yeah. You oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, just a clear. Zeta, what happened? You fucking just took his face right off the screen there? Uh, I believe Gus is here, and Gus uh, is on the line. Oh, well, we got Gus Malzahn joining us here in a few moments. <laughs> just, did Gus Malzahn? <laughs> wow. Wow. Hey, by the way, wow, Coach Fisher. While Coach Fisher was talking about potentially being a college football coach, Getting into coach. Gus Malzong goes, excuse me, <laughs> get the hell out Current of here. Coach. I love that. I I've love never it. seen that happen. I don't know. Hey, and now, if I'm right here, and Gus can probably hear us, and I don't want to intro him until we get uh, back live or whatever, or we probably could, I guess, right now. He, is he on right now? Auburn time, uh, he's 10 like, early. He's slowly coming in. I think someone's logging him in right now. This oh, is like okay. Coach uh, Coughlin time. This is Rich <laughs> Rodriguez time. I remember in college, Rich Rod, if you weren't there five, ten minutes beforehand, it was a it was a scene. It was an absolute scene. It's like, well, why don't you just set the schedule for the meeting to be ten minutes earlier then? <laughs> why, why don't, if you want me to be here 15 minutes earlier, just make the meeting 15 minutes earlier. Well, Because I'm teaching you about life. <laughs> I'm teaching you about life. I'm like, well, I guess. I mean, I've... 15-minute nap would have been nice here. I'm just yeah. We're sitting here waiting for his glass to break to come into the team meeting. It's literally like we're just waiting. Like, all right, everybody's here 15 minutes. And we were, by the way. I would like to say our team, and now hindsight, I guess, as an adult looking back, our team probably needed that type of like, hey, this is how you do life, by the way. You show up on time. You're early, the whole thing. I get it. But it turned into us just sitting there waiting, waiting five minutes, six minutes. The meeting starts at one. It's like. We're all in there by 12.50, 12.51, you're just sitting there, nobody's making a sound, 12.52, 12.53, 12.54, and then all of a sudden, and it's like, wake up, motherfuckers. <laughs> Rich Rodriguez comes flying in. I mean, it was, it, I mean, I guess it taught me a lot about life, but what I did carry into my adulthood is, if something starts at 10.57, go ahead and see me at 10.56. Because <laughs> I went to meetings four years uh, for four years straight, about 15 minutes early, and a lot of wasted time. I just I ain't got time for it. But I did appreciate whatever he instilled in us, uh, discipline-wise. Did you guys ever have uh, guests like Herman Boone with uh, Coach Fisher or no? No. Uh, so 
we had an admiral come in and talk to us. There was a couple. We had a couple of people come in and speak to us the night before the game. An admiral came in and spoke to us. Uh, Chuck used to have an incredible story. I mean, yeah. Saturday night was uh, showtime for Chuck. I mean, it was because Chuck very much understood, too. Like, hey, I'm not going to give you guys a rah rah. I mean, every once in a while it turned into one, but it will always start with like some sort of funny story or reference. And then I think depending on the reaction to the story is how Chuck would go, whether it was like a little bit more of a serious story. And he was like, hey, tomorrow you're going to, you're going to strip the ball. Aren't you? You're going to do your job. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I am. All right. And I'm going to go take three ambient and try to pass out as fast <laughs> yeah. as possible after this thing. So we had an admiral speak to us. And I think I've told this story before. Winnefeld, I believe his name is. I have his uh, coin. So you know how they give out uh, the, uh, coins. It's a big deal in the military to share coins. If you get one, it's a, a massive ordeal, obviously. And you're supposed to travel with them. I forget the actual name of them. Somebody in the YouTube comment section tell me. But I guess it's a big deal whenever you are at a bar or something and somebody pulls out and you put a coin. If you don't have one, you have to pay. Like that. that is uh, the mm. only time that it has worked for me in public is one time at a bar with some people and I had a coin in my pocket and I put it out and somebody else had to pay because they didn't have a coin. But it's like, a, I forget what it is. I got his coin. He did, gave us a speech, great speech the night before. It was a really cool speech. And he was a guy who met with the president every single day. He was the head of the, oh boy, Air Force? Mm, Navy? I don't know. Admiral. Uh, right? uh, Navy, probably, yeah, right? Navy, if he's an Navy admiral. Admirals. I think they all have admirals, though, right? I think everybody has admirals. Do they? I think so. I think admiral's like the guy oh, that or a lady. Oh, I know it's a ship term. Yeah, ship. Yeah, I, I thought it was the Navy. So Maybe the not, Navy though. then. Well, whatever. He was a guy. He was one of the chiefs of staff who had to meet with the president every single day. So he had secret service and everything. He gives us a speech. Great speech. I mean, it was a good speech. Great speech. Talked about a ship. So I would assume Navy. Yeah, Navy probably. So he does this whole thing. And then afterwards, there's like a snack. Because you've, you've seen the legendary thing of Rex Ryan where he talks and he goes, let's go get a fucking snack. <laughs> yeah. Like that is yeah. just classic. It's team meeting. Then it's snack. And then it's bedtime. I was always somebody that enjoyed snack. I didn't want to go into my room too quick. So I was kind of one of the lingerers. I would bounce around table to table, just kind of see how everybody's feeling, uh, chit-chat, tell stories. Listen, it was a cool night. And I was one of the last people there. And I was I, there was one other person there. I forget who it was. And we were the only two people in the entire room. And the admiral comes in. He had just got done talking. And like four Secret Service. There he is. Four Secret Service people come into the room. And there's like four Secret Service at the doors. He gets his food. He sits down at the table with me. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, this guy. He probably wants to talk football right now, but how many times you get an opportunity to talk to a guy that talks to a fucking president? <laughs> so I just, I mean, he got peppered with questions from me. I'm like, let's talk about Ebola. Hey, what about the southern border? What's going on with blah, blah, blah? How about Iraq, Middle East? Are we going to be over there forever? And he just, like, answered everything, and it was wild. I mean, it was a wild scene. Shout out to Roman. Obviously, everybody knows Roman is the men's health brand that is trying to help you be the best you. Whether it's hair products, skin products, you name it, they have it to make you the ultimate you. The thing that we are currently tell, uh, selling you and informing you about is quarantine sex is a real thing, okay? Get a little bit boring. Why don't you have some long sex? Why don't you have the best sex you've ever had in your life? Why don't you have sex after rubbing some Roman swipes on your shaft? Yes, Roman swipes are these geniusly crafted swipes that you rub on your baby maker moments before fornication. And it'll make you have longer, better sex. And it won't transfer to your partner, so nobody will even know that you were taking a performance-enhancing swipe. It arrives in your door, at your door, 
indiscreet packaging. It's small enough to go in your pocket. Nobody will know you have it. And nobody knows that you have a secret weapon, a tag team partner in your pocket that's going to make you have longer, better sex. And right now, go to GetRoman.com forward slash Pat. Get free two-day shipping right now. It's a good deal. It'll make you better in a sack. GetRoman.com forward slash Pat. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the new hosts of NFL Live, which kicked off a brand new season yesterday, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, every single day on ESPN. Ladies and gentlemen, former teammate of mine, guy with great hair, Dan Orlovsky. Why do you have a hat on? Why do you have a hat on? I just got done. No. Oh, wow. 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 You look look like you're on the cover of that. What's that Netflix thing that the beach thing? GQ? No, the the Outer Banks. Outer Banks. That's the hair for the guy from Outer Banks right there with that flow. You look unbelievable. Oh, look at him shredded too with the traps. Orlovsky, let's go. I look like Zach Efron in Baywatch right now. Well, uh, you kind of, I mean, you're giving yourself a lot of credit there, but I agree, you do. Um, Congratulations on NFL live man the show is awesome i can't wait to watch it thank you bud uh honored to be on i think it's a super cool crew you've worked with a couple of other people obviously marcus and have you worked with mina before yeah i did her podcast um, i think she's incredibly yeah, mina's, brilliant mina's super smart you know she makes some sense in numbers as good as anybody marcus is as funny as anyone on television excluding yourself no no i, um, I agree with that by the way swag is funny uh, i died and Lord, fantastic host so i'm excited for it man i'm really excited for have it. you guys been prepping for this like do you do zoom calls like team meetings and how because espn big deal obviously espn obviously takes a lot of things very seriously nfl live is one of the staples of espn yeah. how is the whole process of building that show been do you guys just zoom call each other facetime each other text each other with a snapchat <laughs> Yeah, uh, MySpace. Um, when they when they kind of announced uh, this is the show and that's what it's going to be, we all kind of started a group text. You know, I've known Marcus since we got drafted together, so we have a 15-plus-year relationship of a friendship. And then I've worked with Mina and obviously Laura been on Get Up. So, like, we have this group chat that, you know, is 70% buffoonery and 30% work, you know, and, hey, throwing out ideas and what do we want to talk about and then – uh, we were actually supposed to start last week, the 17th, but the NBA came in, playoffs, and so they pushed us a week. So we did a little bit of a practice Zoom just because Amina and Marcus are remote and I'm in studio. So just working on those kind of um, techno- technology kind of mishaps. Flows. Or hiccups. Flows. Yeah. Flow. yeah. Well, well used word. Yeah, thank you. Um, and then, Sorry. like, honestly, we wake up, we start sending out texts for our ideas for the day. And then we'll get on a call at around 1130, 12 o'clock to kind of what's the show going to be and then go from there. So when you're on Get Up and a guy like Tannenbaum, who I like, by the way, I, I, I had a problem with him early because of what he said about Tua and the top five pick for the Dolphins. And he kind of skewed my take because I thought he knew what he was talking about. Turns out he was just out there doing his thing, thinking aloud. But uh, whenever you have a guy like Tannenbaum on your show that you're alongside – and he's like, uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, this guy who you know has a couple <laughs> Super Bowls. He does uh, all this stuff, and he says he he might be the fourth best quarterback just in the AFC North. That is a very very interesting take. Is it hard not to because you're in the ESPN family and you like Tannenbaum not to just text that NFL Live thing and be like, okay, this is where we start and end the show? Is Tannenbaum <laughs> saying this? Is that hard not to do that? Yeah, of course it is, you know, and I like I like getting into it with people too. Oh yeah. Um, listen, I, I have said silly things, stupid things on television before, um, mm. and been absolutely 
um, massacred for them, rightfully so. Shocking, breaking news here. Uh, so, like, when listen, I think Mike T thinks because of COVID and the unique offseason that maybe the divisions have morphed together <laughs> and there's more than four teams in the AFC. Maybe he thinks the AFC North, AFC South got together type thing. Here's my thing on it, Pat. Like, I got to be a good teammate at times. Um, have to be good guy you know got to be a good teammate and uh you know i I know mike t personally he's a super nice dude i absolutely think the comment is ridiculous uh and and totally incorrect and misguided but i gotta be a good teammate okay let's talk about that afc north joe burrow rookie coming in a lot of weight on his shoulders they spend some money in the free agency trey waynes gets hurt he's one of the guys they bought so it seems like the Bengals are going to bangle no matter what what do you expect out of joe burrow rookie quarterback and you're talking COVID 19 no otas no walkthroughs really it can't be that high of expectation i assume he has very high expectation but i think anybody that's been in the nfl knows this is going to be a very tough road for Joe Burrow especially in that AFC North with the defenses in there yeah I totally disagree <laughs> uh, I think the the whole offseason is is completely overblown type thing um if you look at like okay, first of all rookie quarterbacks in the last four or five years have come in and performed better than in traditional fashions then the question becomes well why is that the case one the rules benefit offensive players and two coaches understand the use of space so much more so this one little this one yard throw becomes an eight yard completion so you know that the rookie quarterback performance is a little bit different than in the old days second of all if you're trying to see what's going to help a rookie quarterback play well i look at three things what's his scheme who are his people and then what are his traits well first of all his scheme is super quarterback friendly it's the mike shanahan gary kubiak scheme it doesn't stress quarterbacks mentally. Like it, it is, hey, this is our play. You're going to get to the line of scrimmage. We're going to play fast. It's going to be a ton of play action. And let me, I'll get super nerdy for everyone here. Like when ah. you play drop back football as a quarterback, meaning no play fake, right? You're when you play drop back football, um, you got to know the coverage before the snap because the, you, you have to know what side of the field you are more than likely working. When you play play action football, you don't really need to know the coverage. It is turn your back, play fake, snap your head, and then find your guy. Find is that receiver open? Is that you know you got to find people rather than know the coverage. So it's reactionary. Two, they got dudes in Cincinnati: AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, Ross, Gio Bernard, Joe Mixon. I would say um, Jonah Williams is the best offensive lineman that's come out in three or four years of the draft. You know, and he's back healthy, their ex-first rounder from Alabama. Quentin. And then the third thing, Burrow just doesn't panic. A lot of rookie quarterbacks struggle because they panic. He just doesn't panic. So I think Burrow's going to be really good this year. I obviously think he's going to be really good for his career. So I'm a little bit like, don't make too much of the offseason. Okay, I respect it. And I like the fact that as soon as I said something, you go, well, I disagree. Let me tell you why. <laughs> the, um, it's kind of the Dan Orlovsky uh, School of Journalism right there. The Let's talk about a quarterback that's brand new to a system that everybody's having rave reviews for. Nobody knew what was going to happen. This guy was unemployed for 86 days, had no team. Somehow, Bill Belichick and Ernie pull him into the Patriots. He's signed at minimum uh, guarantee or whatever with upside up to $7.5 million. Whatever the case is, it's insane. Can Cam Newton has been, I guess, spectacular up for the New England Patriots. Did anybody expect anything differently? Did you expect anything differently? And what did you think of the people that were like, hey, Jared Stidham's going to start over Cam Newton? 
Yeah. What? 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 Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 It was stupid. I mean, okay. It was stupid. Like the last time we saw Cam Newton healthy, you know this. He was playing MVP football. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, he. Guys, he was playing bad when he tore the muscles in his shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. You know. So like, yeah, he struggled in that time. Um, listen, Jared Stidham is a young player that probably has some promise, and if he had to play this year, he would probably be okay. We're talking about Cam Newton. We're talking about one of the greatest quarterbacks in the last 10 years of the NFL. One of the biggest freaks athletic we've ever seen. Paired with a quarter, or a coach and an offensive coordinator that think differently. They don't think inside the box. They think outside the box. Oh, I see. He's notorious. Bill Belichick is notorious for don't tell me what the player can't do. Tell me what the player can do. Cam Newton is a perfect player of... Don't tell me what he can't do. No, Cam's not super accurate. He's not the most accurate quarterback ever. So what? He doesn't need to be. Guess what? Tom Brady, he's not six foot four, 300 pounds either. So, like, <laughs> you know, uh, it's, a, it's a good match. He's going to make them better. Cam's going to play well. They're not a playoff football team. Um, but Cam's going to make them better. He's their easy starter. So on record right here, I don't know if you've said this before, maybe on NFL Live, which airs at 4 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time every single day on ESPN. Dan Orlovsky is one of the new hosts. Tuesday, August 25th, right here, Pat McAfee Show. Dan Orlovsky, good hair, fresh out of a workout, says that the Patriots will not make the playoffs this year? Yeah, the Patriots not a playoff team. Um, Ooh, Dan! <laughs> Dan Orlovsky. Uh, let, me, let me tell you why. Dor- Dan Orlo- oh, well, let me tell you something. <laughs> yeah. Dan Orlovsky thinks Bill Belichick can get an MVP-like quarterback and stink at the same damn time. That is what you just said. And Dan Orlovsky says they stink. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead and tell us why, Dan, please. I would like to hear this one. All right, last year the New England Patriots were 0-4 against the four best teams in the AFC. Number two, the last eight games of the season, the Buffalo Bills, who are also in the AFC East division, had the better record, had a better offense, had a better defense. Uh. The Buffalo Bills have gotten better this year, this offseason. The Patriots have gotten significantly worse. Cam Newton is a lesser player than Tom Brady. They lost... Certainly one of their best offensive linemen, Marcus Cannon, has opted out. They have a bottom five group when it comes to skill players. In the NFL right now, the really good offenses, other than really good quarterbacks and play callers, you know what they're notorious for? Having a bunch of really good skill players. Oh, the Patriots wow. don't. Wow. They're going to be reliant on two young tight ends that they drafted this year in the draft. They lost six starters off of their defense. Six. So you're talking about a team that is worse than they were last year that struggled against the best teams in the AFC last year. They got worse within their division while the division leader got better, and they played the toughest schedule in football. Now everyone's going to go this. Yeah, but they've won the AFC East 11 years in a row. You're right, they have. They have won zero games playing this style of football. they got to play a different style of football this year. And it's not just getting Cam to play well. It's getting everyone in the offense to play well and then play winning football. I don't see it. Ah, wow. You made an excellent case there, I guess. I mean, the way you shaped that made you sound right. But I can feel every human in Boston just going, yeah, keep it going, Dan. Hey, keep it going, Mm -hmm. Dan. That's what we live for. That's what they – I just want to remind people, you and I sat at a desk last year and I said, this is the worst offense the Patriots have had since 2003. You immediately snapped back to me and said, they won the Super Bowl in 2003. 
And I said, uh, uh. <laughs> they stunk last year. <laughs> yeah, but I wasn't going to go on TV and say it because I've been a part of games where the Patriots have beat me by 50. So I am not, I, I just have, you know, I have that. I can't get out there and be like, oh, this team stinks. And then I just have to go to my phone and it's like, oh, this team stinks, huh? Well, here's highlights of you running the worst fake punt in the history of the NFL <laughs> against the Patriots. I'm just not about that. I feel like this is when the Patriots strive the most, but you're I, the way you laid that out there. You like the Buffalo Bills, huh? I listened to Sean. Sean McDermott yeah. mic'd up the other day. A lot of yeah. clapping. A lot of clapping. I did not know he was that big of a clapper. I mean, we're talking like intense. Here we go. A lot Come of clapping. On, the Come entire on. mic'd up session was him clapping and saying the same thing. I'm like, <laughs> oh, so the team does not trust the social media team right here. That is, it was yeah. literally the same thing on repeat for the whole thing. Yeah, I feel like that was most of my career, though, as well. Like, if you ever, if you ever got game tape of me at a game, I'd be like... Good ball, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> keep, keep spinning it. Keep spinning it. Good shot, dude. Hey, uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this guy, 4 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. By the way, it's not Eastern Standard Time anymore right now. Did you know that? Yes. Yeah, no, I, I do now. Everything you say is gospel, so. No, 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 because I said EST, <laughs> which is Eastern Standard Time. Uh, turns out, because we moved the clock, we're actually EDT now. Mm. You bounce from oh, that's the real thing? I guess. I don't know. I was told by somebody who's much smarter than I am that that was right. So maybe carry that into your life. You're welcome. Uh, what's on tap for NFL Live today? You guys talking anything awesome? Yeah, we'll talk a bunch of, you know, Buda Baker just got signed. Big you know, money. 15 mil. Up. Jamal Adams got to be pissed. Right. So, yeah, big time. Um, you know, is he overpaid? You know, how does the highest paid safety in the NFL not have interceptions? I dispute that. So, um you know, Ooh, why is it important to pay a guy like yeah. that, especially from – I'm going to talk about it from an offensive perspective. Uh, we'll talk about that. I think we're going to talk about the NFC West. I think I think the, the 49ers are in a little bit of trouble with their lack of receivers. A lot of injuries. Um, that, that's got to be somewhat concerning. So we're, we'll talk about that a little bit. I think we'll get into, you know, how our buddy, more, more than my buddy, your buddy, Andrew Luck, retired a year ago in one day. How have the Colts somehow gotten back to what they were almost with Andrew? You know, where you like Philip Rivers? Yeah, you like Philip Rivers. I've been seeing clips of him. I like what I'm seeing from him mic'd up. I like the throws that they're showing. I don't know him though. I know nothing about him. I think Philip's gonna play really good. Um if you watch last year, he struggled. Their offensive line was really bad. Obviously not an issue in Indy. Offensive line was really bad. Um he's gonna have a ton of time. Like for me, the Colts are all about Michael Pittman Pittman. If Michael Pittman Jr. is a dog, like some second-round receivers have been, the Colts are going to be a big-time problem for the AFC. Well, especially if that helps out T.Y., because T.Y. has been the focal point of every defense. So if he can exactly. get open a little bit, T.Y. is a weapon as well. Dan, I can't, exactly. wait, can't wait to watch. Congratulations on getting your own show, especially a staple show like that. Good luck to all of you. I appreciate all of you. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan Orlovsky. Hey, boy, Dan. Hey, boy, Patrick. Yes, sir? Before I go, before yeah. I, go I wanted to have a, a serious moment. I love those. And I'm an emotional person, so um, I'm not. listen, man, you uh, you inspire me. I've said this to you personally and privately, but you do. Uh, I think a lot of us people are word plays. You know, we say we want to live every day and say we want to attack every day. You do, man. And um, watching you this weekend was a lot of fun, but also it, it convicts me. It convicts me to go, man, this guy, he lives what he says you inspire me, dude. Uh, I think you're one of the best people. So keep keep trucking because if you're doing it to me, you're doing it to a lot of people, brother. So I'm proud of you. I love calling you a friend. 
And you're the best, dude. Keep keep killing life, Man, bro. Dan, oh. that means a lot. I appreciate you, Dan. Thank you for that. I'm just trying to keep up with your handsome ass. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan Orlovsky. Thank you for that, dude. I appreciate you, man. Summer is in full swing, and we are thankful for our sponsor today, Manscaped, for keeping us fresh. Sun's out, bum's out, and hopefully your pubes are not out. Manscaped offers all the right tools to keep your hair groomed above and below the belt. They actually just released their Shears 2.0 Nail Kit, which is the perfect add-on to their Lawnmower 3.0, the best groomer in the history of grooming hair or their perfect package the shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools and it includes slash tip tweezers rounded point scissors fingernail clippers and a medium grit nail file for a limited time subscribers for the perfect package get two free gifts in the perfect package 3.0 kit it'll come with the essential llama or 3.0 it'll also come with other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PATM at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping, PATM at manscaped.com. We are live! Yeah! Woo! Woo! Welcome to McAfee and Hawk. I am the first name in there, McAfee. To my left, your right, Mr. AJ Hawk. AJ, how's it going? How's your Tuesday, pal? Oh, it's going great, pal. How are you doing? How, you, you feel all right? I know you just came fresh off your two hours of radio. Are you okay? I feel good. We had a great conversation. Had Dan Orlovsky on there, Eddie George, who did not know who you were. Ooh. That was kind of a shot across the bow, especially because you're two Ohio State legends. That was a little bit tough for us. Hey, that's all right. I talked to Eddie like a month ago in person. <laughs> How'd Thanks. it go? How'd it go? Pretty good. Is that the golf thing? We talked about it. He said that he was not prepared to play actual golf, but he's been training every day to beat Charles Barkley. He said there was no breakfast ball. There was no fluffing. He did not expect any of that. He said it's real-ass golf out there in Tahoe, and he's training every day not to be the worst. Is he still training? Is he trying to go back next year and do do better, I guess? He said he does want to go mm-hmm. back next year. He said next year he's going to bring a caddy. He's actually going to try golf before he gets there, and he's going to really go out there and have a day. You think there's any chance I get invited next year to the Tahoe thing? Yeah, if you uh, if you let them know that you you're going to show up this time when you get invited, I'm sure they would love to have you. That's that event is made for you, Pat. Especially when there's when there's actually fans. Like this past year, there wasn't. You would be uh, you wouldn't be able to leave the course. Actually, you'd get caught with every single spectator there. What happens if I go out there and win that thing while bonging beers with the people in the boats and slam dunking in the nine and a half foot hoops that are out there? Uh-huh. What happens then? What do we do? Barefoot too? I mean, what happens then? They rename the tournament yeah. after you. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Or they close it. You're yeah. the greatest champion they've ever had of that tournament in like 30 years of running that thing. They, don't, they wouldn't mind. Are you kidding me? If the guy that's in first place is coming up number 17, the par three on the water, and you bong three beers on the tee box, and you bong four more on the tee, on the green after you tap your birdie putt that's in, a lot of beers. I think seven. they'll be okay with that. I don't know if I can do seven beers in one hole <laughs> and still operate. I don't know if old 33-year-old me can, but I do believe I would be able to embrace it. But there are some really good golfers. That tennis guy that won, he's an insane golfer. Like, like very, very – Kyle Williams. Like the whole, the Kyle top. Williams, unbelievable at golf. Kyle almost won. He was in the final group. I played with Kyle day one. The guy makes zero mistakes. These dudes are shooting 70, 67, 68, like for three days straight. Who'd you shoot? Who'd you play with the last day? Uh, The last day, actually, I played with uh, Aaron and Brian Baumgartner from the office. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Baumgartner. Did Aaron pick that or does that just kind of happen? Yeah, he Aaron kind of. 
finesse that one together because it's usually off of your score, but my score was terrible. Brian was actually playing very well for himself, and Aaron was playing pretty good. Well, I was about to say, first day with Kyle Williams, last day with Eddie George had to make you feel pretty good. That's what I thought was going to happen, but instead it was the guy from the office and uh, Aaron Rodgers, which, by the way, I think we got a big fall for Aaron Rodgers coming up. A big what? Fall. Autumn. Oh, you think? Oh, you good, good news coming from camp. I know people are getting very excited. I know you're very excited about how Cam Newton has looked in camp. Like, do you do you think like I'm not? I, I'm very excited too for Cam, but I just have a hard time putting too much into training camp reports after they've been in pads for five days. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, listen. I understand how normally you would be 100 percent accurate, and I'm going to take a Dan Orlovsky line here. I disagree with you. Let me tell you why. <laughs> That's what Orlovsky told me today, by the way. Uh, with Aaron Rodgers, first of all, dropping dimes and socket signs. Let's go. I mean, yep. let's let's mm, go MVP. ahead. Let's go ahead and run this thing straight to an MVP. Pump for our guy up there. For Cam Newton, though, I think the glowing reviews is such a big deal, a much bigger deal than in the past because Cam Newton got dropped into a brand new system after 86 days of being unemployed, even missing the Zoom calls that they were having in place in lieu of the OTA. So I think hearing that it's going well is a big deal for Patriots fans, and it's a big deal for me knowing that Bill Belichick probably has a brand new weapon that he can kind of toy with and have a good time with, and it means that the Patriots are going to be in this thing, no matter what anybody says. Orlovsky said that he stinks, but I think these are not he stinks, that the Patriots are going to stink and not make the playoffs because the Bills and everybody else, and they lost a lot of players who opted out and contracts and everything like that, but I think the glowing reviews, even though it's only five days in, are a much bigger deal this year, especially in that situation, than other years in the past. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think the fact that he didn't get to New England, like you'd be pretty worried, I guess, if he got there and they just... There wasn't a whole lot of positive news coming. Are they saying it was just kind of clunky? Oh, Cam's still trying to digest the playbook or all this stuff. I mean, I give a lot of credit to Cam for stepping in there with not knowing anything. I mean, he signed so late. And then I, I also, like I say all the time, I give tons of credit to Josh McDaniels and how they craft their offense and how they scheme people up. I'm sure they have so many different uh, options when, when Cam is back there. I, I know Dan claims that he doesn't think they're a playoff team. Well, you also got to look at Dan's words. though. Didn't he say multiple times they're not a playoff team? He didn't say they won't make the playoffs. Oh, you think he – that no. would be an Orlovsky move. It's like saving – it's kind of saving it if they do make the playoffs, I feel like. It's <laughs> almost like when Goodell says we're going to have a complete season. I don't know if you can see this, AJ, but Zito just dropped a breaking news as if it was <laughs> – it. Dan Orlovsky doesn't think the Patriots will be a playoff team. Oh, my <laughs> God. But I do they, think he said, too, they won't make the playoffs, just to clarify. I believe he okay. said that first and then later on said, no, they won't be a playoff And on team. NFL Live, Dan Orlovsky will have to answer for this whenever the Patriots go in a run at some point, oh, yeah. and he has to talk about yep. this. Or maybe he'll just act like it never happened. But I like the fact that Zito is like, no, 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 let's go ahead and yeah. remember this. Yeah. His hair was fantastic this morning. His take on the Patriots, I just don't know. The, the amount of gut sack it takes to say that the Patriots are going to stink is massive because – Everything tells you that they're not going to. I, I mean, everything that Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, Ernie, the culture, the team, the system, it's just everything says that they're going to be good for as long as they want to be good. But if you go out there and say they're not going to be good and they end up not being good, that has to feel damn good. But if you go out there and say that they're not going to be good, not going to make the playoffs, and then they do, you're just another chip on the shoulder for every single mass hole. It's like, well, counting us out yet again. ESPN thinks we're dead again, and that's just not the way it goes. It's just it feeds into their narrative so well. Yeah, Trent Dilfer. Well, yeah, it does. Trent. I, yeah, if they didn't have Cam Newton, if they didn't sign Cam, I would be on board maybe with the Oscars take that Me they're not going to make the playoffs. There's just too much up in the air. But when you have Cam, a former MVP, 
if the dude is healthy for the majority of the regular season, I think they'll be in the playoffs. I know their division's gotten better. I just don't think their division's gotten that much better to overtake them like that. Did you watch the uh, McDermott mic'd up that the Bills put out on social media? No, I have not. What is it? What do they do? I like the Buffalo Bills organization. I like Bills Mafia. Okay, I like old Bean up there. I like. Stop. This is like saying, with all due respect, <laughs> like, what are you, what are you you're trying to bury him? It was the worst mic'd up segment I've ever seen in my life. I mean, no, it was, what was it? I need to know like what it was because I'm going to go back and watch it. Cut. Next clip. Cut. Next clip. Here we go. There it is, boys. Here we go. Cut. Next clip. Yeah. Here we go, boys. Cut. Next clip. Fly around. Cut. Next clip. Keep flying. It was just, it was the worst mic'd up thing of all time. I was watching it. I was like, why am I watching this? Why am I giving this a view? And maybe that's what they decided. The Bills like, fuck it. We'll put out the worst mic'd up ever that tells us absolutely nothing. And it will keep it moving. But I can tell that they are all in on being a good football team. We don't care about what social media gets to see. We don't care. But we're not giving away anything. If McDermott even mentions a football thing, edit it out. We want to be on top of everything. We got the Patriots potentially where we want them to be with a new quarterback. A lot of players opting out. We need nothing to leak out. What I will say from that mic'd up video though mcdermott's hat is next it was a safari hat with a thing that harry uh like kind of hung down in the back it was electric and i was like okay i like this guy but this video stinks this is terrible content what's up ty we were talking about it earlier and connor mentioned it too about how good the patriots secondary still is and aj i don't know if you've ever had to deal with this but like how difficult is it if you still lose six starters on defense like for the guys who are still there like how how big of a change is that well, I guess it really depends on the six that replace them. Uh, oh, there, there's certain guys you can't re- mm-hmm. you can't replace. I mean, Hightower's been there for so long; he seems to always come up huge when they need him the most. That guy's like he, he's not really replaceable, but can you find someone to to hold the spot? I guess until he gets back. And when the other, I mean, six guys is a bunch. It, it really is. But it's, it goes back to the whole thing, though. Like, how do you how can you count the Patriots out of not having those next six guys ready? Like, they, you know, yeah. when you're on if you're on the Patriots, like. Hey, I could start one week and then I might be inactive for the next two. Like that's just kind of how they work things to try to match match up right, and they're very unique. No other team can really do that. So I would give them. I don't know. We'll see how these guys do, but it, it's not easy. The, the vets have to pull them along a little bit, especially early on. You got to learn the shorthand language, how we're going to communicate on the field. The good thing, I guess, that would help them without having with losing six starters is that the new guys, when you start playing games again, there's no fans, so it, it makes it tough sometimes defensively when you're playing at home say it's third down yeah you want the crowd it's kind of double-edged sword i guess think about it pat third down you're on defense you're rushing the passer i've seen your pass rush oh guy's gonna kick slide against you it's not gonna work oh but you Ooh. want the crowd to be juiced you know to try to get the offense to jump off sides or whatever ah. but hey guess what the defenders too are trying to communicate and yell things back <laughs> and forth and if you have some guys that haven't been in the system very long they may not know the hand signals as well and, and some crowd noise could hurt them so i think that will help when you replace some some starters, I'm gonna do the ice pick. <laughs> Go get him! Bang! Did you see that? AJ I just beat Foxy. Zach, <laughs> yeah, I'm the old line in this situation. Yeah, I just beat him. By the way, these shorts, AJ, we're gonna sell these probably within the next year or so. They were created. <laughs> these are the best things we've ever made. These supposedly the- four weeks. Let me see. Look at this. Oh, they look almost like umbros. I like them. 
What? Oh, dude. What is that? Umbras are great shorts. Umbras are great, but shut the fuck up. It, it, this does <laughs> not look like Umbras. These are the best shorts we've ever... Look at the inside. There's even like an interior liner that's like comfortable. Oh, yeah, and also look at the quad. Really look at the, you know what I mean? I look thought that these. yesterday, but I didn't want to say anything. Yeah, yeah. I, I love these shorts. Umbras are great. I don't know when they're going to be able to be on sale, but I am pumped to sell them and make no money off of them because I just learned <laughs> how expensive they are to make. I mean, oh, it's, it's going to be tough for business, but hey, they're damn good. Um... Let's go down to Tampa Bay. Okay, let's go down to the Tampa Bay Gronkineers. They've become the Tampa Bay Q, uh, the Tampa Bay Q, Q? Gronkineers. <laughs> AQ Shipley signs with the Tampa Bay Q Gronkineers. This was news that was broken by Adam Schefter, even though we have known it. For some time now, we chose to do the civil thing and right thing and wait for him to have officially signed before we announce it. The insider game is a rough one. We didn't want to get into it. A new center who's been around for now is 12 years. What does that do to a team? We like AQ as a human, obviously. He's a hysterical human being. He's been around a long time. But I would assume bringing in a veteran presence into that offensive line is good news for everybody, even if he's not the starter. This is good news. AQ Shipley's going down to the Tampa Bay Q Gronkineers. Well, it's super valuable. Don't you think AQ could could swing too if they had a guard go down? He could be a guy that could he's, swing. I yeah. mean, it's, it's so valuable because you could have you could go into a game with you know seven O linemen, six O linemen uh, active if you really think AQ can bounce around if someone goes down. But do you think he's going to start? I don't know. I, he. I don't think. I even asked him. Really, what the expectations are going in there. That's his crew, though. Goody, the offensive line coach he's been with since uh, Indy. He was there in Arizona, BA, Clyde Christensen. I mean, he he has great relationships with all of them. So I think he's very comfortable in the offense. So even if he's not starting, whoever is potentially starting, he knows everything. He can help out wherever. I would assume he's going to play, though. That just seems to be what happens with AQ Shipley. He shows up. There isn't a lot of expectation because, you know, he's a lot slimmer now, but he was round mound. He got short arms, and then he gets in the game, and they're like, oh, my God, that guy can really go. The Pittsburgh guy and he's hilarious we like him so I think he'll end up playing for sure I, I don't I never asked him though if he's planning on starting or whatever. plus he he has played fullback before in his career and he's in great shape so goal line fullback is potentially an option I, I hope know. there's a futures bet on him scoring a touchdown this year Ooh. if we can bet it or not FanDuel I, I hope that is a potential bet we should bet on that because he will throw that head right into a a gap if he has to down on the goal line <laughs> and which would hopefully leave him open and when you look at him you don't think the guy could catch but <clears throat> on contraire, Monfrey, he's got great hands. He's actually a high school Hall of Famer for his basketball career, not even his football career. Whoa. So, good, good, good signing by the Tampa Bay Tampa Bay Q Gronkineers down there. You going to play for him? You going to go play for him, AJ? No, I don't think that's going to happen. But I, I'm happy for AQ. <laughs> what, what a great deal for him! He, oh, yeah. I know he had. He probably had a couple of different options. He did. When Tampa Bay gives you a ring, and, and Tom Brady is at the helm, and Bruce Arians is there, and Byron Leftwich, and they're ready to roll. I think it was a pretty easy uh, decision for AQ. I think he had two other options, if I do recall. I'm not going to break that news. I'll let him do it. And, by the way, he'll probably do it through Schefter anyways. Oh. Son of a bitch. Pretty good teams. Son of a bitch. But he had pretty good teams all on the line there. And he was – because he knows that system so well. He knows Bruce's system so, so. He's there in Pittsburgh, Indy, Arizona, now in, down in Tampa. I mean, he knows the system so, so, so well. He's probably like, oh, this will be a perfect fit for me. Year 12, I'm not sure he's expecting much, but they can make a run now. That's a team. Mike Evans said, hey, we can be an all-time offense. I agree with Going him. To be. I, I agree with him. They can be. And I think if you see any of the footage that's coming out that we don't, we don't get to see much, obviously, from these practices. Normally when fans are there, we hear a lot more. There's no fans. It feels like that team is getting put together rather quickly. 
Yeah, it does. But do you think we're? Do you think our expectations are too high for them, like the Browns last year? Well, uh, listen, they're obviously not the Browns. We Baker understand that. The, but what? Okay, are you? I feel like when you talk about Tampa Bay. People either like, oh, they're going to be garbage, or people think they're going to win the Super Bowl. Like, there's no in between. Yeah, but the people that think they're going to be garbage, like, it's hard to take them serious. Yeah, you know, well, yeah, it's like Connor. People like Connor that are just <laughs> well, exactly. that's not that's, true. That's the problem. I, I don't think they're going to be garbage. I said last week they're going to win at least 12 games. I mean, you, you partner Brady with someone like Bruce Arians, and if the Bruce Arians' offense, like you guys have said, is all on knowing where to throw the ball before the snap, I mean, is there anyone better in NFL history? Maybe Peyton Manning that knows where they're going with the ball? That's the thing about Tom is he knows in that – I don't know if that is something he's always been able to do, but it, with 20 years of successful offensive experience, and especially with that Patriot offense being predicated on checks and everybody seeing the same thing, I feel like Tom can dissect a defense better than anybody in the NFL right now. I feel like that is something he is very good at, and that is paramount in the Bruce Arians offense. That's why the first year the quarterbacks go into that system, it's always difficult because they all have to see the same thing. Carson Palmer said he struggled in the first year of Bruce Arians offense. Jameis Winston obviously struggled in the first year of that offense, although they put up big passing yards, a lot of turnovers. I feel like Tom's just not going to do that. That's Tom's thing is like understanding and knowing exactly what they're going to do and not turning the ball over because of it. Yeah, he does. how's he going to balance that? Like when every other quarterback their first year in that scheme, what does, I know Bruce likes to go deep. He likes to take shots, and that could happen. Like, but don't you think they're going to find a weird balance between what Tom is great at, what he's done for 20 years, and what Bruce and Leftwich want to run? How about this? Who's going to win? Who's going to make the playoffs? Who's going to win the division in the NFC South right now, Tuesday, August 25th? A.J. Hawk, Ohio State legend, Super Bowl champion, picks this team to win the NFC South Tuesday, August 25th. Go Tampa ahead Bucks. and hammer Tampa it. Tampa Bay Bucks. I mean, of course, I'm taking Tampa Bay. Here. Okay. All right. Tampa yep. Bay Buccaneers are going to win the NFC I mean, South. The Saints, you can obviously, everyone, a lot of people pick the Saints. I don't count the Falcons out. I know people have already written them off for the year. And I do, the Panthers, yeah, I, I feel do. like everyone says hey, so it's a rebuild year, which it, it looks like it may be a little bit. So you're 100% on Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tuesday, August 25th, winning the NFC South. No problem at all. Lock it up. Lock it up. Wow. Wow. Because you're not normally like that, by the way. You're a guy who – You mock- asked me a question, though. Like I like I care to make a prediction, but you asked me the question, so I'm going whoa. to – Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Sorry, that was what I was going to say. Calm down. What I'm saying is I'm a guy that rides the wave of emotion a lot. I am the guy that sees something. I'm like, boom, immediately making a decision because of that. You're a little bit more cerebral, okay? You like to sit back and get the entire thing. But I, as soon as I saw Tom go to Tampa and then Gronk jump in, and then now they got AQ Shipley, I'm like, oh, that team's definitely going to win. No problem at all. Let's keep it moving. I was called an idiot. I was told that I ride the wave of emotion too much. I'm just telling you that my cigar-smoking cerebral friend right over here believes the same fucking thing, and I feel pretty good about that. Plus 160 at FanDuel Sportsbook for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win the NFC South. Look at AJ giving out underdogs and good odds out here. That'll boy, AJ. Go ahead and put some money on that. the Saints are the favorite to win? Yes. Yeah. they got. Man, what kind of year is it going to be for Mm. for Drew? Especially after his offseason. And you don't have that. Do we know if they're going to have any fans in the Dome? Because that place will be a different kind of atmosphere with no fans. We know how difficult it is to go in there and get a win when it's jammed. Miami has come out. and They're the only team, I think, that has completely laid out an entire plan on how fans will be in the stands. Like, hey, ticketless entry, you coming at this time, you coming at this time, here's how we're going to do it. Miami has been at the forefront of telling people, we will have motherfuckers in the stadium. Okay, That is what they've said literally since jump. Now they have an entire plan. 
Haven't heard anybody else really talk about it. Honestly, a lot of, a lot of teams heard. are pushing them back. Like they they won't do the first three weeks. They won't do the first four weeks. So I think some are waiting to see honestly how those go. Which seems to be everybody's decision in this yeah. world that we're in right now. Is like, yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll do it. We'll see what happens. Maybe, yeah. Oh, SEC, we'll play. It's different. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see. ACC, <laughs> yeah, we're definitely going to have a season. Maybe, possibly. Yeah. yeah. And the Big 12 is like, listen, uh, we're not going to say a goddamn thing until everybody else figures it out, <laughs> yeah. which is very, very smart. But it feels like that's everybody because that Saints, uh, uh, the Superdome, is a much different world when those fans are in there. Now, granted, the only comparison I have, I guess, would be warm-ups when their fans aren't in there and then when their fans are in there. But that place is electric. I mean, it is very intoxicated very loud, and their offense puts up insane numbers, so there's a lot to cheer about. That is normally what people cheer about, is offensive completions and the ball moving. It happens in training camp. Whenever there's a long completion on your own team, the fans go crazy. It's like, well, should we be happy? Or our guy just got burnt right there. They go crazy every single time. That Saints offense is an operable offense that is asking their fans to lose their minds on a very regular basis, and that place is scary whenever it gets going. I mean, it is uh, they hung 69 points or something like that on us on Sunday Night Football. It was it was insanity, and that place was rocking the entire time. What's up? I asked this because I assume that Drew Brees is going to be taking everyone's best shot next year, defenses. <laughs> uh, do you think, like, for you guys, like, do you think there will be more injuries because there aren't any fans in the stands, so, like, it'll be harder to, like, I mean, do you get, like, that much more adrenaline, you know, to, like, maybe play through, like, some ailments or anything like that? They got Tordal still? Doesn't sound like it. AJ's never had it. If they got Tordal still, we ain't talking about anything. But for the Green Bay Packers of the league, I would assume the fans are going to be a – I mean, that's a pretty big deal, like in the feeling of it being a big day. Right, AJ? Oh, it's gigantic. I don't know if it's going – I mean, that's a great question by Ty. I, I never thought of it that way. But it's going to – I don't know. Once the game starts are, – are you Ty, are you trying to say like if someone's trying to fight through – some kind of lingering injury, like to dress and play that day, or if they get hurt during a game, are they going to come? Uh, either way, but I think more like the lingering one, like if something's kind of just like tweaked, and like typically a guy would be able to push through it because of how much juice he has and adrenaline from like the atmosphere in the stadium. Yeah, there may be something to that. There may be guys they'd have to be established guys that have already made some plays that aren't aren't worried about you know sitting out a game or anything. A lot of other guys would would fight through it just because they don't want their job being taken by whoever is going to replace them that game but yeah you might you might be onto something there i don't know hopefully not i would hope guys in the league are more mentally tough than that and they don't need fans to to get them through things like that this is going to sound so interesting but and sound like i'm grandstanding but every time i punted a ball i wanted it to be the best ball that has ever been hit practice game warm-ups didn't matter i don't know if that's how players that play like real positions have to hit people like hey every single time i step on the field or there's film i want it to be great but i do believe there's a lot of people that have that mentality like hey i just want the film to be good so i can continue to make money for the rest of my life doing this yeah, doesn't everybody that takes pride in what they do? Like, don't they want every single part of it to be Hey, this best? fucking Pizza Hut down here, they, <laughs> oh, they, don't they get took it. no pride in their pizza. And, and Ty said something terrible yesterday about it, but it was... It, I apologize. The, yeah, yeah, terrible. That's not what I meant. Oh, did the, you? The Pizza Hut down here, no pride at all in their work. It actually got shut down. 700 of them got mm-hmm. shut down. We lost our Pizza Hut. But that, and there's not a lot of people that take a lot of pride in a lot of things anymore. The NFL, there's going to be a lot of pride there, especially if it's fourth quarter down 20. No fans in the stands. Think about that. That is going to be a very interesting – it's going to be a preseason game. It's going to feel like a preseason game or a practice. What's up, Dick? I found the situation for fans for all 32 teams. The Saints will not have 
definitely not have any fans at their first game against the Bucks, and probably not week or their second home game in in September as well. McDermott's not happy of the Bills that the Dolphins are going to be able to have fans, and they're not going to be able to have fans. They think it's kind of an unfair advantage, but uh, the owners aren't going to give a fuck about what McDermott thinks. They're going to try to get as much money as they possibly can from the limited amount of fans that they're allowed to have out there. Didn't you see uh, Fangio came out and said he doesn't give a damn about attendance? Like if it's skewed one way or the other, if it gives you an advantage? I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. You want Chinese. They want pizza. And someone is craving Froyo. Listen, there's something for everyone on DoorDash. Continue supporting restaurants in your community safely. There are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. So support your favorite restaurants on DoorDash. Listen, you've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Oh, I love the Cheesecake Factory. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code McAfee. That's $5 off your order and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code McAfee. Don't forget, that's code McAfee, M-C-A-F-E-E, for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Hey, did Orlovsky say anything about the Niners? Didn't he say, is he worried, worried about them? He's worried about the Niners because the amount of injuries that they have. They got a lot of hurt wide receivers. They got a lot of interesting situations over there. They obviously re-signed George Kittle, John Lynch, Shanahan. they keeping the core together that they have, brought in offensive linemen whenever they lose offensive linemen. They're in, obviously, the Super Bowl last year. Everybody thinks they're going to win. Are they going to sign Tom Brady? No, yes, no, yes. We thought about it. They don't. Jimmy G's still their guy. 186 yards rushing before contact against the Green Bay Packers in the NFC Championship. Do they have what it takes to get over the hump? A lot of injuries. People are worried about the San Francisco 49ers. Well, people are high on that Brandon Ayuk, the receiver, and said he left practice with an apparent uh, hamstring issue. I mean, that's fine. Most likely it'll be, what, 10 days? Hopefully it's not he doesn't linger throughout the year and you don't bring him back too early, but I don't know. I have a hard time. Like Shanahan, Kyle, how he coaches, what he does, and how smart that dude is, I have a hard time counting them out as well. Like, especially when their defense can play like they can. Like, I think Shanahan absolutely knows how to exploit matchups as good as anybody does in the league. And I think he's only going to get better at that the more he, he is the play caller for the Niners. So you're saying Orlovsky's wrong again? What did he say about the Niners, though? Like, so he's worried about bad. He says he's worried about he, he wouldn't go out and say how many games they would win or lose. He just said that they have means to worry right now with the injury issue that they have going on at camp. You're saying he's wrong again? Okay, I'll write that down. Yeah, I mean, everybody should be worrying. Every NFL coach wrong is worrying wrong. at all times. You know how they are, Pat. Wrong again. You never feel like they have it figured out. Somebody tell Dan that AJ said he was wrong again. I'll let him know. Somebody let I'll him let him know later. For sure. Um, there's a couple names on the street right now that do not have a team. 
if we're going to talk wide receivers, Antonio Brown is obviously out there. Percy Harvin still potentially Ooh, out there. Mm-hmm. Jadavion Clowney is out there right now. I mean, and there's a lot of names. Errol Thomas Des. is out there right now. Des Bryant is out there right now. There's a lot of big names, AJ. Do you think these guys are going to get signed as injuries and COVID potentially happens, or do you think they're just kind of waiting and already have options on the table? Well, about all those guys you listed, let's say, let's. Who do you think is going to sign first? I would say Clowney. Jadavian Clowney. Yeah. You would imagine, yeah. don't you think? I would assume Clowney right now has a couple standing offers out there. They're like, hey, if you want to, here you go. This is our best offer. Hey, if you want to, you have this. And maybe he's just waiting till the end of training camp. Which, by the way, I am a big fan of that move. If that's what he's doing, I would assume he's the first to sign though. Or maybe Earl. Maybe the Earl Thomas deal gets done rather early too. But where does Earl go? Doesn't sound like Dallas. Well. uh, Orlovsky? No. Averill. Averill. Cliff Averill said that Earl Thomas, you just have to know who he is. He said when he first got to Seattle, he didn't fully understand who Earl Thomas was, so he was a little bit taken back by it. He's a guy who goes full speed and walkthroughs. He's a guy that he's, Earl Thomas is so laser locked in, he's just a different guy. Cliff Averill said that you have to get to know who he is. Mike McCarthy has come out and basically said, nah, but everybody knows down in Dallas, Jerry Jones calls those shots down there. What do you say? Yeah, and Jerry, I guess, went on the radio today and, he, and talking about that rap sheet tweet. He said he doesn't know what he's talking about. He has no idea what, what he's talking about. Jerry Jones on the report that the Cowboys and Earl Thomas story is over. And Ian Rappaport, yeah, obviously came out. I wonder who he heard that from. Maybe McCarthy. Maybe he heard it from McCarthy's people because McCarthy, everybody has thought that he wouldn't want that in the locker room or right now to be an extra obstacle for him because he's potentially a personality i mean you see what happened in seattle you saw what happened in baltimore the senior player council voted him out mccarthy probably doesn't want any part of that and people say he's tight with schneider too as seattle mm-hmm. mccarthy is but everybody knows that down in dallas it does not matter unless jerry jones says it matters and if jerry jones wants earl thomas in there which it sounds like he potentially does everybody thinks he does especially because earl is a big fan He's already pleaded to try to get down there. Now he's potentially going to come at a good price, especially if the Ravens have to pay him $10 million guaranteed. I think he ends up with the Cowboys. And I could be wrong, and I don't know if Mike McCarthy would be happy about that. But if Jerry has to come out and say that's a complete lie, that, that means that Jerry is not completely out on Earl Thomas yet. No, Jerry's definitely not completely out. Don't you think Jerry loves the fact that Earl wants to be there so bad and he's been making it known publicly for a while now? Oh, yeah. I, this could be the first real... We'll see what it's going to be like in Dallas for, for Mike McCarthy. If if he truly doesn't want him like, and he takes the stand and he's like, hey, Jerry, I understand. You're the boss. You're, you're signing my checks. But I just don't think this guy will fit in well with the team right now and gives it whatever reasons he thinks. And Jerry's like, oh, sounds good, Mike. And then Earl walks in the door right after that. Like, how do they? How does their relationship go after that? Are they going to be okay? Can they put it behind them and just move on? I'll tell you what, Mike. I understand where you're coming from, but let me tell you where I'm coming from. You see all those cars parked out in that parking lot? That's from my fucking money. Okay? So if I want Earl Thomas here, you go ahead and take your big ass on a hike. (laughs) What if that's what Jerry says? Because didn't Mike McCarthy say in that uh, press conference, the debut press conference, that him and Jerry and everybody had a great time? Like, they had a great time. I don't know what that means. I would like to know what that means. I hope they dive into that a little bit later. But I wonder while that great time was happening, if Mike McCarthy said, hey, Bill Parcells said it was you You were making decisions that Bill Parcells didn't want to happen. Jason Garrett has been alleged that you're making decisions that Jason Garrett doesn't want to happen. I wonder if Mike McCarthy said, hey, there's a little bit of a, uh, uh, a reputation that you do not care what your coach thinks about anything. Is that true? And Jerry goes, oh, don't you worry about that. Don't <laughs> oh, you worry. Oh, my 
Mike, don't you worry about that. Cheers, bud, or whatever it is. This will be interesting, and I assume Mike McCarthy knows that it's his job to coach up whoever's put on the team by the GM, who Jerry Jones is. He's got to do his thing, but this will be the very interesting first step of this relationship between Mike and Jerry, especially now that there's contradicting reports from Rappaport and from Jerry. I mean, this is awesome. This is Dallas Cowboys, and this is why they get talked about so much, because who knows what that billionaire is going to do right there. Nobody. Well, this and Mike gets to see firsthand like how different it is having an owner like Jerry Jones. First off, having an owner, he didn't have one in Green Bay. GM never spoke to the media. Nobody really speaks to the media a whole lot. It's in the front office there. So now you have your owner, your boss, who's going to come out every single week and do radio shows. He's going to have a press scrum after games in the locker room. It's just awesome. So now McCarthy gets to kind of feel his way into this and say, "Okay, all right, I guess this is how it goes." I, I hopefully McCarthy, I'm sure he he wouldn't, but like he's just not. He can just let it go. Whatever Jerry says, just just in one ear, out the other. Like whatever Jerry says publicly, I guess, to radio stations that may contradict things that are going on inside that those rooms. You know, you know how players watch like their coaches' press conference to kind of get a sense of how the coach is feeling after things. Like that is something you could do. You can kind of get a sense of how the coach feels. I wonder get a sense if, on how practice is going to be. Oh yeah, oh, next yeah. day. Oh yeah, you know exactly how the schedule is going to be. You know exactly how this week's going to be by listening to that press. I wonder if Mike McCarthy is just going to be listening to Jerry's press conference. Like, all right, well, we'll see how we did, Donna. <laughs> and then Jerry Jones comes out. Well, I think the team didn't wasn't uh, uh, properly prepared for today. Mike McCarthy's like, fuck. All right, so now that's a direct <laughs> shot at me because that was happening. To Jason Garrett, by the way, Jason Garrett would be learning things. I assume about himself via these press conferences, and that happens. Nowhere else. Immediately after the game, Jerry has 30 people around him, and he is just like a fire hose, just letting everything out. And it is awesome. I love it as a fan. I love it as somebody that has to talk. But you can see how Mike McCarthy, who's never had to deal with that, could potentially have a little bit of worry about how that whole thing's going to go. Well, I think everyone, I love it. You love it. The players probably don't mind that Jerry Jerry usually stands up for his guys as well. The only person that doesn't like this is whoever the head coach for the Dallas Cowboys is. When you know you have to learn stuff from the owner through the media, and you're like, okay, I'm already sitting here as a head coach. I'm worried about what every player in my every player in that locker room says to the media. I don't want them to have to say anything stupid that other players have to answer for. And then, oh, by the way, actually, the guy who signed everybody's checks, that's the guy I'm worried about most, what he's going to say, <laughs> like if you're the head coach of the Cowboys. Yeah, I just got to sit back. Mike McCarthy just has to sit back and enjoy the ride and coach whoever they have, but don't coach too good, especially while office hours are happening because there's businesses that surround the practice field, <laughs> mm-hmm. so you can't do too much. I mean, that place is electric, to say the least, absolutely electric. Um, what else is happening in the world of the sports? There's a top 25 college football teams have been ranked and put out. Nine of the top 25 will not be playing this fall. They will be set to play in the spring. Ohio State, they're at number two. Will they lose that number two spot when they play zero games and other people play at least one game? TBD. Let's yeah, look where forward are to these they, rankings. Where are they on the next poll? When, when the next poll that comes out, does Ohio State drop to like seven because they're four <laughs> game, they haven't played four games like everybody else? Or do they have like a top 25 poll with like parentheses next to teams? Like, you know what I mean? Like uh, Clemson at one. Okay, Clemson wins the first game. They'll stay at one. Number two, okay, we got North Dakota State because they blew out Central Arkansas. <laughs> they played one game. But in parentheses, previous Ohio State, uh, they are not currently playing. We do not know how team is playing. Is that just how every top 25 is going to be? It's going to be like, okay, Oklahoma's here, LSU's here. At 
seven is now uh, Florida, but uh, it might be Penn State if they were to play. We haven't gotten footage from their practice film, <laughs> but we think they're still playing good. There's going to have to be all of that. I like the fact, though, that whoever did this was like, yeah, we'll rank these fucking players right now if we have to. We don't know if any of them are going to play. We have no idea if they're going to play each other, how that's going to work, but we'll rank them if you need us to for sure. Well, didn't the, the, uh, the, the playoff committee put out a thing, like the plans for the college football playoffs? No, what is it? Zito, did you see that? You have a graphic of it? Uh, Zito definitely didn't see it. D- uh, Diggs? I don't know. I, d- I didn't get to look at the graphic as much, but they, yeah, they have a plan in place for how the playoffs are going to run. When's it going to run? In the spring after everybody plays? No, after this, this fall season. Regular schedule. Oh, so there's a fall champion and a spring champion, and then you get a chance to play them? Is that how it's going to – we're talking to Eddie George earlier, who's like, is there going to be a Heisman for the fall schedule and then a Heisman for the spring schedule? Like, how are you going to do any of this stuff for 10 years down the road when you look back on it? I don't know how any of it's going to work. I mean, I don't – don't you think the, the spring season's just not going to happen? <laughs> you think the yep. fall season's going to happen? Oh, yeah, maybe. I think, yeah, I think the, the fall season will happen for the people that are planning on playing right now. I just, you can't have, what do you, so does this year have two national champions? Is that what you're saying, if they do play in the spring? Well, I mean, uh, maybe the fall team just has to stay in shape until, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, Get that team ready. ready. Only allowed to play like certain Like in players. the locker room, whoever, okay, let's say Clemson wins it all, this the fall national championship, and Dabo's like, hey, guys, great job. You know, we enjoyed this one for 24 hours, but then we'll be in the, uh, tomorrow Inside run starts at 9, 9 a.m., team at, at 11 p.m., and uh, we just got a, three or four months of just practicing pads and try to just stay ready, try to stay sharp because we got to take on whoever the spring champion. Listen, we got to get ready for that Big Ten Pac-12 champion that's coming in four Here or five go. months from now. <laughs> we got to stay in shape, okay? We're only allowed to play a certain amount of players because they could probably bring in another class and learn an entirely new offense. I don't know how it's all going to work. It's just going to be one big asterisk, I guess. It'll be a spring champion and a fall champion. The only thing I'm seeing is that the uh, playoff selection committee announced the, the rankings release dates, like the final ranking release date will be uh, December 20th. Oh, we need those, by the way. The, yeah. uh, so that's the committee huge. chair uh, is the AD of Iowa, so that's kind of funny. Oh, Gary Barta. Oh, Gary. He's not going to be happy. What if he just ranks everybody terribly? <laughs> he should. Yeah, these teams stink. I mean, these are the top four teams. Allegedly, Iowa was going to have a hot year. <laughs> like, imagine if everything rollout is like, allegedly, allegedly. You think fall schedule is going to happen for college football, huh? Kirk Herbstreit, a friend of ours, was not very positive about it. And I feel like he talks to a lot of people that know stuff. I just feel like that happens. He was not very positive on this fall schedule working out. I don't know who he's talking to, how it works out. But if you think about what COVID's probably going to do on these universities, it's going to be difficult, I think, to continue this thing. And you've got to get every college football player to maintain a disciplined self-quarantine so they don't potentially pick it up from anybody so it doesn't spread throughout the entire locker room. I'm hoping it happens. I am very much hoping it happens. But, boy, it feels like that's going to be difficult to pull off. It's going to be I mean, 17-year-old kids. We're August 25th. When's the first game supposed to happen in college? September 26th. 21st is when they, uh, Clemson goes back to campus. I think 26th was the first game. Okay, September 26th. So we're one month out, basically. Month and a day. Does I it help? Somebody, I thought somebody was going to play earlier than that. Well, I think the SEC delayed until the September mm-hmm. 26th, and they're the only ones left, right? The SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 are probably all thinking about doing the same thing. What's up, Dick? There are games on September 5th. Really? Who? Wow. Is the American Conference playing? They are. Memphis, like Memphis is supposed to have a game on September 5th. SMU, like those schools. The American Conference is playing? 
BYU, well, BYU Navy plays on Monday, September seventh. What? Playing, Shout out to the American Conference. I got a chance to see a lot of them play on Thursday Night Football last year, and I follow a couple of the coaches. The SMU coach, one of the SMU coaches, tweeted out, "I don't know about y'all, but we playing football this fall. <laughs> like such a good, like such a good recruiting tool. Cincinnati's playing. Ohio State can't." That is awesome. That's like Pitt can play, Penn State can't. Yeah. I mean, Temple's playing, Pitt's playing, Penn State can't. What a wild time to be alive right now. It looks like the first full day, full schedule is Saturday, September 12th. Let's go. We're, hey, we're right around All the right. corner. We are close. Right. To, huh? I'm much more optimistic oh. now, August 25th, than I was August 1st on, the, on college football Watch actually out. going forward. How upset is the Big Ten right now, all their fans, knowing that, listen, what we just said there, Cincinnati's playing, Ohio State is not. Pitt's playing, Temple's playing. Penn State's not playing. I assume there's like a Northern Iowa that's probably playing. Iowa State. Uh, Iowa's Iowa's not. Iowa State. <laughs> 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 oh, the Big Ten is going to be so mad. Watching the fans this fall is going to be awesome. Watch them on Twitter. Watch the Big Ten fans on Twitter. You'll see it. Pat. Like They're going after individual people. Obviously, we know they, they stood outside. The multiple parents got together, stood outside at the Big Ten offices trying to talk to Kevin Warren uh, in Chicago. But now, I, everything, it's so funny reading stuff. You know who I see it from? Our boy Bobby, Bobby, my, my buddy Bobby goes at people Bobby. hard on Twitter. Oh yeah, Bobby's Bobby the highlighter. Bobby's potentially the face of the Big Ten upset fan. He's, he's it, the general. Oh, he puts he puts up like he'll put up a list of numbers of like senators and Congress people where you could call in and complain and say, hey, you you can do whatever you want to the ads. He'll put their numbers up where you could call their offices and, and file your complaint. I guess keep going. But I think Bob. now they're going after <laughs> the Bob. Michigan AD. The Michigan AD, or pre- one of them was like the lone AD that was against playing this ball, or maybe the Michigan president. I don't know who it was, but uh, I know they're they're fi- they're figuring out who doesn't want to play in the Big Ten or who was against oh, it. Now people are going to go after that. It's like unmasking. They're un- unmasking all the negative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Keep going, Bobby. Uh, Bobo Carpenter. Bob Snowden. Bob Snowden. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, basically. Cincinnati in top twenty. By the way, I'm happy for. Oh that. yeah. Hey, that's, that's your guy, isn't it? That's one of your Luke, guys. Yeah, Luke Fickle is my linebacker coach. He's the head coach. Their D coordinator I played with at Ohio State, Marcus Freeman. They're good. They're like a legit football team. Like Luke's had offers. Luke's, mm-hmm. Luke could have gone Michigan taking State. other jobs, yeah. but Alleg- I think he really likes it there. Alleg- he's been getting some players. Allegedly, Michigan State, West Virginia, allegedly mm-hmm. at one point was interested, and he has refused. He has stayed at the state of Cincinnati. And that team, when we went to their training camp, that team was ready. And they had an offensive lineman that transferred in from Michigan that somehow wasn't allowed to play. Oh, yeah. He's like one of the top guys maybe in the country. So that team's only going to get better. And that quarterback was, what, a freshman last year or a sophomore last year. They're going to be good. Cincinnati's going to be good. But I find it very interesting that these smaller conferences have been able to figure it out. In the Big Ten, that has millions and millions of dollars weren't able to figure it out. Good for the American Conference. I did not know they were playing. That is, I saw that tweet from the S- that SMU coach, and I was like, what's, that? what's this guy even say? Are they playing like scrimmages? And it's like, no, no, no. We are playing. Yeah. Here's Bob O. Carpenter. If you're a fan of the Big Ten, we need everyone. You can complain or you can contact the university presidents, voice your concerns, the contact info you need for every campus leader. I even split it east and west. <laughs> I made it as easy as you possibly could make it. Here's emails. Here's phone numbers. You fucking let them have it is what Bob O. Carpenter said. I respect it. It's going to be tough. 
if all these conferences are playing and we have a full slate of games yeah. coming up, and what Ohio State fans who live with that are just sitting there at their houses like, are you? Oh, man. Are you? <laughs> oh, Kevin Warren. <laughs> Kevin Warren. That is, it is going to be insane this fall. I'll be excited to see if they finish the season. I would assume that was what the Big Ten and the Pac-12 were talking about. Like, might be able to get a game or two. We'll be able to finish it. If they are, this is going to be outstanding to watch just from a dramatic and controversy standpoint and also recruiting how is think about cincinnati recruiting the same players as ohio state potentially and saying hey listen we understand that ohio state's this big 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 operation they're awesome they're everything and luke fickle would be like i coached there for a long time played there i know all that but they don't even like football. They don't even play up there. Nope. Here at Cincinnati, we play football. That is going to be used against the Big Ten coaches in recruiting for probably the next ten years, if I had to guess. It's probably too late for them to go back on this now, too, oh, right? Yeah. Like it's over and done with. Yeah. There's nothing yeah, they're going to do to save this. Oh, that's awesome. Not now there was a little hope uh, last week. I think that they were going to overturn it or they were going to figure it out. But I don't think now. I don't feel like there's any hope. That letter came out, and he was like, "Nope, not happening." Well, Bobby Carpenter redlined it too. I yeah. Think. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby redlined a lot of that. It was oh, I love it. That's how I keep up on what's going on with the Big Ten yeah. and college football. Someone's got who do Bobby's it. mad at. I don't know Bobby well enough. You know, I just only follow along. What an electric factory! What an absolute! Oh yeah, oh, yeah. he's not happy. And I just, vi- I just think he is the face of the Ohio State fans. Like I'm like, all right, Bobby Carpenter probably feels how a majority of the Ohio State fans feel. So if I know how he feels, I feel like I know how the Ohio State fans feel. And it's like they are I, not happy if that's the case. He and you know Bobby's been doing uh, local radio in Columbus for a long time. He just switched and now he's doing the morning show like six to nine a.m. with Anthony Schlegel, my other linebacker buddy. Thanks. And I have. I have a feeling that they spent a good amount of time going after some people uh, that shut down the Big Ten. So you're telling me two out of the three on this box are doing mornings, morning radio in Columbus right now? Yeah. They're wow. Buckeye heroes. How co- oh, man, you don't want to wake up 4 a.m. for a 6 a.m. show? It could have been the entire uh, the whole box. The core. The core of the, the squad here. Yeah. The logo. Too many mics. Can't have too many guys on the mic. Too many mic linebackers or too many Ooh. microphones? Ooh. Hey, by the way, Good we work, have Connor. 45 mics on this show and our other <laughs> show. So it's uh... All right, AJ, I'm going to get the hell out of here. I'll see you on Thursday, brother. Sounds good, man. Thanks. Hey, not a bad show today. Not a bad show out of us, I think. Yeah, I think as football starts to get closer and oh. closer for the NFL, we'll actually have hey. real things and not just pump-up videos that people put yeah. out and you just instantly think they're going to be an all-pro. Relax. I have a <laughs> great way of reading the room and situations. I am currently being a mediator for a rather large potential announcement for our show for this fall. I cannot leak that out because I'm not sure how close the deal is to being done, but there is a deal that I am currently playing. uh, What would that be called? The running and who? Oh, messenger? Uh, Telephone? Kenya? Negotiator? uh, Yeah, but I'm not negotiating. Moderator? Agent? You are a mediator. Uh, I'd be the mediator. I'm I'm like the pigeon. Uh, They're they're sending me Uh, a carrier pigeon. (laughs) Why are you, but it's your show, your channel. Why are you the yeah, be, yeah, because uh, we do business with people, and that's that's kind of what I people uh, like. When I cut that promo and said I made a million dollars in seven different professions, uh, they started to add them up. Got to think we're basically a marketing agency at this point too. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot of Maybe eight. I mean, there's a lot of things that I have to handle. It could be nine, by could the way. Nine. By, by the end, ten, to be honest. I well, ten's going to be tough, but eight and nine are within grasp, right there. I, I do believe so. 
I mean, there's a lot going on. I think it's going to be a massive fall for us, and I can't thank you enough. I can't thank the people that watch this show. And uh, if you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend. Please subscribe. We're on a road to a million. Massive giveaway, a million. And it feels like football is close. But not for the number two ranked team in the country, Ohio State Buckeyes. (laughs) That's going to be a tough pill to swallow from Ohio State legend, A.J. Hawk. And myself, you're the greatest. Have a good day. That's the show. The greatest sports talk show on the internet from 1 to 2 Eastern Standard Time. So come on down for a mental vacation with the boys on YouTube Live. It's McAfee and Hulk. It's McAfee and Hulk Sports Talk. AJ used to tackle quarterbacks and he's a rust belt kind of guy. AJ that's the punter of the bucket for the 2010 Kicking piss missiles to the sky It's McAfee and Hope It's McAfee and Hope Sports Talk It's McAfee and Hope Sports Talk If your mailbox is anything like mine, 90% of the time, it's a fairly depressing place. Political bullshit flyers, utility bills, unholy amounts of coupons. But once a month, once a month, I do have a reason to be absolutely stoked. And that's because of my box of awesome from Bespoke Post. Bespoke Post sends guys only the best stuff every month. And no matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. From styling, grooming goods to barware, cooking tools, and outdoor gear, Box of Awesome has carefully built collections for every part of your life. To get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right Box of Awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel any time. Each box costs only 45 bucks, but it has over $70 worth of gear inside. Already saving $25, hello, and get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code HEARTLAND at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code HEARTLAND for 20% off your first box. Here's what it is. Just a quick summary of why I love it. It's like Christmas once a month. A gift from me to me put together by people that know what's cool shit for me to get. And it just shows up. And I love it. I have stuff in the office from them. I have stuff at the house. I have stuff in the kitchen. I literally have stuff everywhere from them. Things that I would have never thought to buy myself. Bespoke Post is looking out for you. Boxofawesome.com. Use promo code HEARTLAND. Get 20% off. And be pumped up for the gift that comes every month. All right, that's the show. Thank you for choosing to listen. If you enjoy the show, please tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. Let's be nice to each other. Let's lift up each other. Let's enjoy this life and let's have everybody else enjoy it as well. Let's respect people and let's keep this thing moving. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music. We're back tomorrow with another episode. Cheers.